You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. It's episode nine. Um, today, I'm John. Well, I'm always John, actually. Um, but I'm joined by Chris and Hamish. Hello. 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 Stranger, how you doing? Yeah, I'm not bad. Not bad. Good to be back. You alright, Chris? I'm good, aye. Uh, no John this week. He's away buying his wife a dog or something. That'll be good. I'll, I'll, I'll be good to have another uh, animal on a podcast. It's been a while because, I mean, this podcast had a history of it. I mean, that's where Craig is these when days. I'm sure cat. he's still looking after Doug. When did a cat, of course. <laughs> it goes back to the early days of the podcast. So yeah, if John gets a dog for his wife, then I'll be another podcast animal to add to the list. Is that a swap? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh, that's, a, that's taking a dark turn already. Uh, it's a wee joke. Yeah, that's uh, what it is. Right, so... Uh, trying to bit um, good news and bad news. Starting with bad news, first of all. Uh, we'd gone for Darren Smith, I started Albion to score first. Started Albion did score first, but however, it was Peter McDonald. Uh, so that bet never came in. However, uh, the other bet, we'd gone for a treble, uh, which we've been kind of running with most weeks. So we had Wraith Rovers and Air, both teams to score. That came in after 50 minutes. So that was kind of fine. Uh, St Johnson against Hibs, we had both teams to score. That came in after 61 minutes. And St Mirren managed to come out Victors against Inverness 4 2. So we added another 51.91 to the pot, which takes yeah. us up to £131.77. Which is That's pretty excellent. I, I, I don't even know for where it started at Christmas last year. Oh, yeah. I have no idea. It, was, it took a long time to get going last season, so it's good to get a few wins in the board already this early. We're only just second week of September. So. Yeah. That's been a good but start. Three wins already. Uh, I think so, eh? Is that, is that the third? That sure that's not bad. That's a pretty decent, pretty decent record so far. So we'll see if we can get another one this week where top tips start, Amish. Yeah, well, I've got a few written down, so we'll uh, see. Uh, yeah. I've got an idea for a first goal scorer. Uh, anyway, one that I wanted to maybe use last week but didn't, so uh, we'll see what happens, see what we come up with. So we may as well move straight into the action from Friday night. Celtic went to Hamilton looking to maintain their unbeaten well, their unbeaten start to the campaign and aye, they continued when they left off before the international break ah, it was, it was Celtic timed it perfectly because I'd just finished putting the kids to bed came downstairs, put the telly on and bang Armstrong scored the first goal so that was nice timing from, that, from my perspective um, but I, I mean it's in the Celtic were on top even before that and continued it as the game went on Um I thought the the new boy, Edward, played really well. He helped uh, cause mayhem, which gave Scott Sinclair plenty of space for the second goal. Um, Sinclair then somehow managed to have a great build-up of play, then hit the post, and the ball shot across the other side of the goal for Sinclair to knock it into the net. I still haven't worked out how Sinclair managed to be the guy that hit the shot and knock it into the net. It must be two of them. Yeah, something. does he get the sass for that? <laughs> an assist for his own goal he should do it was one of those kind of it was, it was a lightning just running across to get it and it's a tight angle to score for as well so uh, a lot of credit for Sinclair for that 
I'm going to take a bit of credit back from Sinclair though, because he really should have had a hat trick. The chip over the keeper in the second half wasn't he? Wasn't he well executed at all? Um, uh, I think the goalkeeper for Hamilton done pretty well actually, given that they conceded four goals in the end up, um, apart from the fourth goal, which um, I mean a debut goal for Edward and end up, but he did hit it straight at the keeper. It was a bit of, he could have been a bit stronger handed in that one, the keeper. So he'd probably be disappointed with that. Not half as disappointed as Celtic would be with a goal. We can see it Um A lot of people are saying this is uh, Gordon's fault. I'm not going to defend Gordon at this point, but I'm not sure he's the only one. Um, I'm assuming Gordon shouted for it and tried to come and get it and never get anywhere near it. Um, and that's that might explain why. There was four or five Celtic players all standing watching Gogic as he ran past him to get into position. Somebody has to go with him and give Gordon any kind of chance if he's going to come off the line to get it. Because all that happens is Gogic takes up a position where Gordon's got no chance and he knocks it in an empty net. So, good goal for Hamilton's perspective. Horrendous goal for Celtic's perspective. Um, but it was pretty meaningless at the end yeah. of the day, really, at I mean, that time. The, the the important aspect to that is that we'd already taken uh, Joseph Simonovic off to protect him for Tuesday night's game. Um, so we yeah. were back to that. We were already playing a back three that night. Uh, I think we'd put Beaton on to play the, yeah. the centre of that back three. But not that great organising. Simonovic isn't there. Um, and we play that and Svetchenko still out injured. We're still struggling a bit back there. But, um, no, I'm not, I'm not overly worried by the fact we conceded the goal. I'm more annoyed with how we conceded it. So, if Simonovic had been there to organise the defence, maybe it wouldn't have happened. If Gordon doesn't come off his line and get stranded in no man's land, maybe it doesn't happen. So, for Gordon's perspective, he could probably have done a bit better, but I'm not going to worry too much about it. It was just... We were 4-0 up. It was disappointing to concede the goal. Other than that, still got the three points on the board. Uh, and that put us top of, the, top of the table again, going into the Saturday games. And you had Patrick Roberts back starting as well. I he see that uh, he played and Forrest kept his place as well because obviously he went three at the back. Yeah. I think they'll go three at the back tomorrow. I don't. I would have bet on it. I don't think so at all. It's an option. It would be an interesting option to play against the likes of Cavani and Neymar and Mbappe. Um, I'm assuming the three of them will all start tomorrow night. But um, yeah. ah, it's, it's, it's going to be a difficult ask for Celtic in that game. Um, PSG do have a couple of guys who are injured in the likes of uh, Di Maria and um, I forget who the other one was, was, was there's two good attacking options missing and they're still left with those three that I've just listed it's kind of I, I think our best chance is well, maybe about a 5-3 or something like that because I mean, PSG aren't famous for being great at the back um, there was obviously last season when they went, they lost like, was it six goals to Barcelona in the one game. I know Barcelona right, were chasing yeah. the game, and we don't exactly have Barcelona's attacking capability. Uh, but I mean, they, they've strengthened at the back. But it's like Danny Alves have brought in for Barcelona. He's never been that famous for his defending either. He tends to get forward. Yeah, more, he's actually so. not been played much as well this season. No. It's been Moy there that's been yeah. playing a lot. But however. I think it was similar with Juventus last year where Alves actually played much a lot in the Champions League whereas he didn't play as much in the league so it might yeah. be the same Yeah, could well be with PSG as well just for his experience in the Champions League The way Alves plays though he's almost like a right winger when he's playing so yeah. he's not really he's not really there for defending Yeah, I mean, I mean most of the games at Celtic play it's the same with our full-backs we try and get them forward as often as possible so you get Tierney and Lustig 
creating challenges more than defending. So it's it's just that kind of thing. And I mean, I was at five one PSG one at the weekend. Yeah, yep. there's about as much you can read into that as you can read Celtic beating Hamilton four one. We're probably favourites to win the game. They won it impressively. They're confident going into the the game on Tuesday night and. We shall see how it goes. It's, I mean, the weather sounds like it's going to be horrendous tomorrow, so maybe that will play a factor in our favour, but it's going to be difficult. I'd, I'd, be, I'd, I'd be surprised if Celtic get in, but then Celtic surprises in the Champions League before. Yeah, no, I, I've watched quite a bit of Paris Saint-Germain recently, and they really do look like a team now capable of winning the Champions League. So yeah, and that's the thing about this group. Is, yeah, that's, that's the thing about this group. We've got two teams who will have aspirations to win the tournament, and yeah. uh, Bayern Munich and PSG. Um, so realistically, if Celtic can take anything off either of those two, well, it's a, a Bruce bonus because yeah. the the real battle for Celtic this is going to be against Andrew right for third place. Yeah, but maybe that who do you expect to start up front? Ah, uh, that's going to be Griffiths, I think. I think Edward done enough to show that he's got potential, but I don't th- he's still a bit raw. Uh, I thought, I mean, he was, he was certainly causing mayhem against Hamilton, but uh, causing mayhem against Hamilton and, and being up for the task against PSG, even if you do know them quite well because mm-hmm. their parent club is a, a completely different is he, allowed to, is he allowed to play a ticket, yeah? Yeah, uh, UEFA yeah, don't like you to have those rules. Uh, UEFA oh, don't yeah. like you have the rules that stop you, prevent, or prevent you from playing against your parent club, so he would have to. I guess he's not allowed to not. Play against them, but um, I'm, that's, I, I, that's that's where it should be. I know you'd be dying for it with Ryan Christie coming up soon. Oh, definitely, um, I definitely. Yeah. But you've got enough attacking uh, prowess. Well, we'll come on to that. Well, later, but, we'll yeah. come on to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just to, I mean, we'll see how Celtic going against PSG. Um, I say I don't fancy us to get anything, but you never know. Um, but just to, I mean, before we move on away for Celtic, we should probably discuss the Scott Brown incident. Yes. I think he's in trouble. Yeah. I um, I thought there was, there was definite... You know, Scott Brown's done that before. I think it was in a Scotland game. He had a wee sort of pitch, like, kick out somebody. And he, there was definitely a little bit of intent there. You know, he, he didn't really make too much contact, but I thought it was a red card. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks it looks pretty obvious. That he, he's not lashed out much, but he's still lashed out to a small yeah. extent. And there was some discussion in the sports scene last night about whether that fits the violent conduct rule, because the wording seems to require excessive force. I didn't mention about excessive force with your foot for some reason. Yeah, it's, it's, it's excessive force if you're going for the ball, which you clearly wasn't. Um, there wasn't really excessive force from Scott Brown anyway, and then everything else relies on like, swinging an arm about and stuff. So, people have been sent off for head button folk. I mean, I'm not sure it mentions that either, but... I mean, you've got to understand the intent of the, the intent of the rule rather than the precise wording. Like I say, I, I, I fully expect a compliance officer to be citing them. He usually does that on a Tuesday. Um, but assuming this compliance officer's working this week, of course, because a couple of weeks ago he was letting the likes of Cummins off with that dive for St Johnson and Anthony Stokes got out away with the Archeo and choke. Um, yeah. So... I'd be interested to see if a compliance officer does anyway. I'd fully expect it will, though, because it was a quiet weekend. Otherwise, it was not as if his 19 appeals lined up to be heard this week for ASFA. Yeah. So I, w- I would expect a, a citation to be coming in. And then he's in, going to be a doubt for the next two games at least. Maybe three, I thought. Yeah. Three well, they'll probably appeal it away. 
I'd, I'd imagine it'll appeal it, but no, they win that or not. I know, it's, it's hard to prove there's no intent there because if you slow it down the replay, it looks like there is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, on another note, it looks Scott Brignoli, he's extended his contract. Notice that today, 2019. Yeah. And then Sabinovich as well, 2021. Brown, I was kind of expecting to be hanging around for a couple of years. Simonovic extending to 2021 is a terrific bit of business. I was not expecting whatsoever. So I'm yeah. delighted with that one. I think, I think that is a, you know, do you know, I think that's maybe a bit of business that they've got him on a long term contract. If someone does come in for him, his price suddenly goes up. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly, we've, that long-term contract means we can do that. I don't think he's got any intention of going anywhere anytime soon, which is good. There's been completely conflicting rumours with him over the summer. Some people are saying he wanted away, he wanted a new challenge down south, and other people are saying no. Actually, he's really happy at Celtic. He wants to, he wants to stay long term. So, could also be that his, his agent was trying to get a new deal, which is obviously it could be, which has worked out. That's always a possibility with these, these rumours. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely delighted about this. Um, yeah, four years is a long time to get uh, anybody. I mean, I've been absolutely delighted we've had we'll have, uh, Patrick Roberts for two and a half years without actually buying him. Because that's two and a half years of a really good, talented player. The other thing about tomorrow night will be in terms of who partners him at centre-back, if it is a four-to-back. That's yeah. That's the other concern. Is do you put Beaton in there again, who played really well in the away leg against Rosenberg, or do you put Ayer in there, who played really well in the home leg? Um, certainly, what does Lustig play there? If you bring Lustig in, then who do you put a right back? Do you play Ralston? He seems a bit. He seems a bit young for this game yet. I mean, he's a good talent, but I think he's. It's maybe just a yeah. little too early for him. Um, again, the same problem if you try on the other side, because if you bring Tierney in, who's been playing centre back for uh, a few times now. You put it left back. Emilio has a gear, he's away. You need to play Calvin Moore. I don't think there's too many options. I think it's going to be either Ayer or Beaton, and probably Beaton for his experience. Which works to a certain extent. I think Simonovic is quite good at telling Beaton where to go. It's not ideal, but we don't have ideal, so <laughs> we'll take the next best thing. I'd say it's a big worry when you're playing against one of the most formidable strike forces. You want to get it right, but unfortunately, you've not really got many defenders just now. That's your problem. No, I think that was something that was touched on last night in sports here as well. In terms, of it could be somewhere where Broaders uh, will come under a wee bit of criticism that he never got a centre back in, but what? it could be that he couldn't get the right player, so he wasn't going to sign someone just for the sake of it. Yeah, my my, my feeling on it is, if you were going to bring a defender and it had to be someone that was going to be good enough to get into the first team straight away and was going to improve the first team. Now, yes, we do have Boyata out injured, and yes, we do have Vitchenko out injured, but they've been good enough to get through. I think Brendan Rodgers seems to have a bit of faith in Boyata, especially. So, once they're fit again, we've probably got enough defenders plus cover. So, bringing in another body didn't make long-term sense. It's really frustrating right now, because we need somebody for playing PSG, but... I think Boyata's back in training. I think Svetchenko's not far away as well. It won't be long to their back. They might be back for the, the, the second Champions League match. So, if that's the case, then longer term, maybe it was the right decision. It's just frustrating right now. Yeah. Uh, so we should move on anyway to Saturday. Uh, we had the small matter of Murrayfield hosting the Hearts against Aberdeen. Uh, Hamish, you were at the game? Yep. It was certainly an occasion. 
probably added to actually more by the fact that Aberdeen brought uh, th- 7,000 fans, I think. Yeah. So there was just over 24,000 at the game. Yeah. It was I, all think a, I, I read the, the 24,000 is the biggest attendance outside of Celtic and Rangers since January 1990. <laughs> yeah. Was, no, nobody else has been able to fit that capacity in in a league game. So yeah. it's not really a surprise. Yeah, it was. It was kind of. It was. It was kind of a little bit surreal. The sort of atmosphere. Um, obviously, you've still got a ground that's still, you know, under half full, but there was still, still quite a good atmosphere. But the way Murrayfield is, there's massive areas behind each goal before you actually get to the fans. You know where the sort of rugby try lines are. Um, so it's not it's ideal. To Hamden. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's better than Hamden. If my experience when we were there a few years ago playing in Europe was in, it's much better than Hamden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably is. But I mean, it's you know, it's not ideal for Hearts, uh, and I don't think it was ideal for Aberdeen as well. Albeit that they they did bring a large support. Um, going on to the game though, uh, very positive for Craig Levine's first game in charge. Uh, thought Hearts did really well and. Deserve to win the game. Well, certainly looking at the, I only managed to see the highlights, but mm. certainly it was the case of Hearts against Joe Lewis for much of the match. It looked like I think well, the kids we had better than maybe the first twenty twenty five minutes. Yeah, I mean, you guys started after. Started well, yeah. Um, Straight then, I think, Yeah, uh, I think. Yeah, you you guys started with two up front and almost predictably Levine, you know put a lot of people in midfield, just had one up front, which I think, you know, after the first 20 minutes, we did then start winning that midfield battle, so it, it probably was good tactics from uh, Levine, I thought. Yeah, I think we didn't adapt to King to it as well, because much as we were playing three at the back, Logan was still always playing as if he was a, a fullback. So yeah. we were, there was a lot of space over it where their left-back should have been. You had the kind of battered where by Scott Wright was the one that was having to track back. Probably area that Hart should have exploited a bit more, but I thought um, there's so much space to play into. Yeah, and there was there was a few incidents in the game as well. I mean, basically in the first minute, uh, Berra could have been sent off. Mm. Albeit, I think I think he I think he was lucky. It was in the first minute, and the referee kind of happened a bit quick for everyone so I think he, he kind of got away with it but there was certainly a wee tug on the shirt that I saw on sports and I, I would suggest it was a penalty yes I'm not convinced yeah. it was a red card because I don't think Rooney was getting it anyway yeah. and if Rooney's not getting it's it, it's con- like it was but it was contact that. he pulled it back it's a penalty um, I, I don't think there was much doubt in that I was surprised he never got it and, and that would be the only thing I would say against the, the idea that Hearts deserve to win the game because I think Lewis had a fantastic game and obviously got the nil aspect for Aberdeen so if the other aspect of it is that Aberdeen never scored themselves they were trying to score a, a pretty clear penalty so yeah. you could argue Aberdeen should have won the game yeah, yeah but I mean, a fantastic asset to have Joe Lewis yeah, we've yeah. spoken about it a few times but he's just a terrific keeper yeah. it wasn't just regular saves he was making as well it was top class saves he was making just yeah. to tip the ball away at the last minute the one for Walker yeah. was fantastic I mean there was a few times where the, you know, the Hearts player had hit the ball and he was almost running away celebrating and then couldn't believe his eyes that the you know the goalie had saved it uh, we had Ismar cross, hit the crossbar as well yeah I think that was the one that Lewis didn't get <laughs> so when the good yeah. service hit the bar so uh, it just wasn't his day 
Walker back in the team. I guess that would have helped as well. Yeah, attacking point of view. Yeah, uh, and he did. He did put in a you know a proper shift because basically the the way this season started and you know with all the hype that he was going to Rangers, it certainly had affected him. And he he, he was just looking lazy in games and disinterested. But I think Levine's got him. You know, obviously had a word with him and said, "You probably are going to Rangers on a pre-contract at Christmas." But you know, can you can you put in a shift for us before that happens? So that was positive as well. What's your thoughts on the new signings that have come in so far? Uh, I thought the the guy we signed from Wraith Rovers, Callahan, he looked uh, very good. Uh, I think he's only 24, good midfielder. Uh, he'll be good. He was another one that had a shot saved by Lewis. Mm-hmm. What type of midfielder was he? I think he's more a kind of ball winner, but he can, he can also you know, go beyond... Uh, our attackers and, and, and support us up front. Um, obviously, in this game, we had Suter, Hughes and Berra all in a, in a back three, and I think um, they looked very comfortable um, against Rooney and kept May very quiet all day long. Although I don't think May's fully fit, is he? No, yeah, he's obviously missed a lot of action, but uh, I think the more games he plays, obviously, will help. So, I don't. I don't know whether as well. I, I think it'll be real that we'll play two up front. I don't know. Might be wrong. Um, McInnes does seem to like to change depending on who we're playing. He has said that no matter how we play it, even if we win well one week, if the following week he thinks that a different system will suit, then he'll go with it. So, um, see what happens there. Yeah, we also had our new uh, Serbian chap. Milinkovic, he came on for a wee cameo last 10 minutes and he looked quite good, got a bit of pace about him and had a decent touch in the ball. Don't really know anything about him though, uh, on loan from Genoa. So I, don't think, I don't think he's a player. Please, Philippine, be back. Um, yeah, I think so. In the end, when you know it came down to the you know the list that was left. I would say Levine was probably had the most experience and was the best man for the job out of the people that were left. And I think there, there also was an element of possibly Craig Levine might have thought, I'm getting a lot of criticism for being director of football. We might, you know, his job was maybe a director of football under threat because we couldn't sign a manager because he was there. So maybe he thought, I've got to take this job or I might actually lose my director of football job. I'm not sure that was uh, Craig Levine's fault, though. I mean, it's not Craig Levine's fault that Hearts is apparently beneath Billy Davis. Yeah. What I a fuddy a man he is. Yeah, his comments were just obscene. Uh, but no, all, all in all, I'm, I, I think Craig Levine is a good manager. He's proved it before. He's been the national manager. He was, what, 10 minutes away from getting a great result, but got hounded for not playing a striker that day and almost got the result. Um I, I'm I'm happy with Levine. Obviously, he was desperate to get to get the result on uh, Saturday, and I think just not losing the match or more getting a, a performance from the team, which he's been lacking recently, was the the main thing, and he got that. Yeah, it's it a tough ask for him to be honest. It was, I mean, the only man that's had a tougher ask this season has probably been uh, John Daly, actually, given his first game was away to Celtic. So, yeah, uh, hosting Aberdeen, Aberdeen are in great form. Um, it's the first points that Aberdeen have dropped this season, so that's a, that in itself is probably a scalp. 
Yeah. I suppose the main main concern still for Hearts is going forward and getting goals. Lowest scorers in the league along with Kilmarnock with three goals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Goncalva is is my whatever would you call him. He looked a lot better on Saturday, but still, yeah, we do struggle to get the ball in the net. Again, I think Hearts have had a difficult start to the season. Though you've had to go to Celtic Park, you've had to go to Ibrox. Yeah, this is technically your first home game. <laughs> it was yeah. against Aberdeen. It's still not no, a home I mean, either. I mean, yeah, that's good. I mean, you got draws against Aberdeen and Rangers. That's pretty good results. Yeah. But both nil nil. So I can see. I mean, the if point. you think about it as well, that at some point we will get all these games that we've had to play away. We're going to have a big run of home games at some point as well. So if we can keep ourselves in it. I mean, I don't. I'm, you know, we've only got five points out of five games. You'd like more than that, but you know, it's it's not disastrous. No, I know. Well, just say that you, you'll be playing against teams further down the league now because you've run out yeah. of top three. <laughs> yeah. Unless you've got well, Johnson say next. <laughs> what would you say are the expectations at Hearts this season? Then I think just getting in the top six is a realistic goal for us this season. Getting the stadium finished. Still not certain when that's going to happen. They're still saying it's going to be November, but I, I, I wouldn't. I, I think we might be using Murrayfield for a few extra games. It might be till after Christmas or the New Year till we're actually there. But we'll have to wait and see on that. That was certainly help pay for towards the stadium if the other away supports are as good as what it was on Saturday. Well, that's Rangers, it, yeah. that's, isn't it? I was going to say, I'm interested to see what you do with Rangers. Do we have any have indication of what kind of allocation they'll get? I'm not sure because I don't know what the agreement we've got with the SRU is. I mean, obviously they'll they'll be taking a bit of the money as well, I would imagine. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, I would say to Rangers, yeah, take as many as you want. Take ten thousand if you want. Would you want to be outnumbered? That's the question. I, I would suggest that you should give Rangers as much as they want, but up to a point where yeah. it could be fifty-fifty at most. Yeah, I mean, where where we had the Aberdeen fans' house, that was that was quite impressive how many Aberdeen had. But I think Rangers could probably take ten thousand if they were keen for it. If we are charging them what twenty eight pounds or whatever a ticket, it's it's good I money. Bit of revenue, isn't it? Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, all in all, it worked. It worked well, um, but obviously. <laughs> The atmosphere still isn't the same as what it would be at Tynecastle, you know, in a tight pitch. Yeah, Tynecastle's atmosphere has always been one of those ones because the fans are always right on top of the players. It's like Tynecastle and Tannadice were always the two that are kind of picked out as being sort of really intimidating atmospheres. So not having that back in your team at the moment is a bit of a loss. But I mean, it will come eventually, and then when Tynecastle's finally open and they've got the, the four stands all the same like that then it's going to be a really intimidating atmosphere and like you say it should come back and, and help you assuming you can get Tynecastle ready in time for the the turn around to the fixtures yep another we, we also played a new goalie as well a chap that we've picked up from Burton McLaughlin so that was another call from Levine to put out young Hamilton uh, who had been quite shaky and you know, the fans are starting to turn on him a little bit. So that was quite a big call, I thought, from Levine as well. And he, he, he looked okay. He looked like a professional goalie. Didn't do anything wrong. But, mind you, you know, after after the first 20 minutes, Aberdeen didn't really have many chances in the game at all. 
No, I never, I never really seen anything on sports scene. The, the only thing I noted in sports scene, other than the the penalty claim, was Ryan Christie trying to claim a penalty after he rode about three different challenges outside the box and then took a stumble into the box on the last one. It was pretty clear That's he was outside the box, but yeah, he was outside the box. <laughs> he looked like it? he was looking for the penalty and tried his best yeah. to get it. It's one thing that I've noticed about him a few times this season, whereby he does go down very easily with any kind of contact. Um, something they probably needs to watch in this game, I would say. Yeah, but move on to the other unbeaten side in the league. Uh, St. Johnson hosted Hibs. This looked like a bit of an odd game in the highlights, actually, because it looked to me like Hibs were probably the, the better team. And then well, there was one chance that Hibs had that uh, Ricky Foster blocked it twice. Uh, only for St Johnston and then get a lead for Anno Haller and Tappan. He scored harder goals this season, certainly. Uh, Liam Craig made it for him. So, but I, St Johnston looked like they were ahead in this game against the run of play. Uh, so it was it was interesting to find out that then Hibs equaliser wasn't even a Hibs goal. <laughs> it was yeah, Anthony Stokes scaring Paul Payton into scoring an equaliser. And winning yeah, us a charity top. bet, so thanks for that. Toby yes. <laughs> uh, Wright certainly wasn't happy with performance, but was happy to get the point, I think. Uh, there was no doubt that Hibs were the better team. Yeah, even at 1-1, it looked like Hibs were more likely to get the winner. So, uh, just the only problem is Hibs never actually managed to score themselves. And I think that's probably yeah. something that they would have to look at. The other issue is they keep on going behind. Yeah, I think we, uh, Neil Lennon mentioned that a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? He said it was giving away the customary goal. I think one of the interesting things on sports scene last night was the way Stephen Thompson was was crediting these two as being the uh, battling Rangers for third, but didn't have enough to catch Aberdeen. So is he implying that Celtic will be first, Aberdeen will be second, and the other three are battling for third? Seem to, yeah. That's what he said, wasn't it? I'm sure that won't go down too well at Ibrox, because I'd imagine they'll be aiming higher than that. They also went out of their way to uh, praise uh, John McGinn as well. Did that, yes. (laughs) Stephen Thompson was praising himself in the process. (laughs) <laughs> that's right yeah, he, he learned a lot from me <laughs> no he never mentioned the javelin the, 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 it was another thing Stephen Thompson had said in the, the, the comment or the, the point in between the games was the fact that uh, John McGinn had learned a lot in his time with me <laughs> <laughs> yeah <Something. laughs> how to dodge javelins in one of them uh, or how not to dodge them so we'll learn that now <laughs> he's obviously a player that not in for us for interest and I need to expect maybe more interest in him I don't know I've not seen a lot of him since he's been playing in the championship but yeah, I mean he's obviously uh, broken at Scotland squad when he's been there as well so. yeah, he's, he's definitely a good player and uh, I would imagine you know his future's elsewhere it's down in England isn't it it seems but it seems he'll have to wait till maybe Christmas or, or New Year before he goes somewhere else yeah, but that's, it might depend on how Hibs are doing this season. I mean, if if it looks like he might get a a decent run at Hibs, if they're challenging for, like even challenging for the trophies and maybe a potential European spot, it might stay even beyond next summer. Yeah, I still think with Hibs they've got a bit of a consistency problem. They you know they look good, they're flying high, winning games, and then suddenly they have a period where you know they lose a lot of games that. Are, not expected to. They did that last year in the Championship as well, so yeah. they've got to keep their consistency up. It was the same They're doing alright though, I think, so far. Only lost one game. Yeah, but it was that 3-1 at home to Hamilton after they'd beaten the Rangers at Ibrox, so it was a bit of a, a, a comeback for them. 
Yeah. Considering it's a first season back, they're doing pretty well. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think many people forget that. They're just back from the Championship. After, was it three seasons they were in the Championship? Yep. It was a long time. So, aye. I've noticed as well Danny's warrants is what I've been starting for him. Oh, I've not seen him. That's a bit of a surprise. Coming he off. used to be a bit of a, a threat when he was in Johnson. He's been coming off the bench instead. So. Uh, move on to Rangers and Dundee. Uh, probably Rangers' best winning for a while at home, certainly. Same old story for Dundee, though, I thought. They were, they were battered by Rangers for most of, the, most of this game. But when it was 1 0, uh, it wasn't a 1 0 half time. I mean, decent goal, but it was a little too easy for the, the Dundee defence all over the place. Um, but then yeah. they had that header, for, was it Deacon? Yeah, Deacon, uh, yeah. And a free header inside the box. Rangers, a bit dodgy defending himself. Uh, but again, Dundee couldn't take it, take their chances. And that's been the story of their, their season so far. They've had great chances to score, but haven't been able to take them. Yeah, I think you're right, because it is, it's the problem with Rangers that they can't really put teams to bed when they're they're all over them. And as you say, the guy Deacon could have made it 1-1 at half time, could have been a different game. But then, you know, they have, to their credit, gone on in the second half and got the goals. Yeah, the Rangers got there eventually. I mean, the, the Windass goal probably killed it at 2-0, but then the Peña scoring pretty much the second attempt, uh, and then... Well, was it Morelos that scored the fourth? I would have called that an own goal. Yeah, I thought it was an own goal. Goal is thrown in his own net, basically, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. The one thing I thought was a feature of what uh, the highlights was the fact that the amount of men that Rangers were getting forward in the box. Don't know if that was maybe a, a sign because Dundee were playing so deep, but there was certainly Rangers were getting a lot of men forward. Yeah, certainly Rangers are creating plenty of chances. You've seen it against Dundee there, you've seen it in the, the, their previous games as well. They're, they're creating plenty. They're just, they're, maybe this is the first week they've actually been converting them properly. But So that, that says to me that they're probably heading in the right direction. Um, they're not quite there yet, but the more games they get under their belt, the more the team will start to click. Um, and if they keep up the way they're going, they'll, they'll be scoring goals for fun. They might be, be conceding them for fun as well, but <laughs> if you're outscoring your opponent, your, your fans are entertained and you're still wanting to get scoring. If you're outscoring them, you're getting the three points. So, so it's the same, maybe. Yeah, but I think I think Dundee are really struggling as well this season. They're now at the bottom of the league, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're gifted yeah, too many goals at the moment. So I got a test. Someone texted in. <laughs> Full, full time in the uh, the West Ham game. Oh, exciting Monday night football! Yeah. <laughs> it wins me money though. Oh well, it's pretty exciting though. It's a bit of only excitement it could come out of that. What is it finished now? Now two to no West Ham. Two oh, to West Ham. Oh. I was hoping Huddersfield Just because I've got Huddersfield playing my fantasy team. Well. I'd assume they're still doing better than Crystal Palace. <laughs> yeah, I <he'd> sacked <laughs> after four games. 77 days of Frank De Boer being in charge. And he's I, not done well because his last job he never lasted long. No, it was 80 odd games if I didn't want. <laughs> or 80 odd days, sorry, not 80 odd games. Uh, I, I, Frank seems to be having a bit of a, a struggle these days. So, um. 
I think it was after two games he was almost getting the, the bullet at that point. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I seen something about that two weeks ago. They were no one annoyed him. So. Yeah, I seen a good point, mate. I seen a few good points. Been into it. I know people saying that well, the Wilder can adapt the playing style, but they've still got players obviously played under like to Allardyce. So you need to give it time for it to adapt because obviously they're just a different style of football. Yeah, and it's not as if they're the only team that are adrift at the bottom just now. Okay, it's. Bournemouth's down there as well prior to tonight West Ham weren't too clever uh, and then they're talking about obviously Roy Hodgson coming in so see what happens but should probably move back to the Scottish football anyway Aye. Uh, Motherwell continued their fine form there's a couple of points before the international break uh, home at Kamarik looked like they won pretty comfortably they started pretty well for Kamarik and Brophy had a decent chance Greer had a bar um, but then it kind of Motherwell started to take control of it I've got to admit I've been quite impressed with Motherwell I actually went to the Hearts-Motherwell game a couple of weeks ago uh, Hearts were 1-0 up but then basically Louis Moult and the guy Bowman up front tore us apart um, so they're, they look a good partnership those two up front in fact the, ho- the whole Motherwell team they were really quite impressive I thought seemed to have a yeah. really good midfield and you know, they were really hard to contain. Yeah, and they touched on that last night at sports scene about how the midfield kind of press it really well. Uh, yeah. And then they've obviously had our team that's gone three at the back, which is allowing them to play two up front, which yeah. is paying dividends in terms of their both in form with the goals. Well, once you get through the first sort of 20 minutes of this game, it was a case of trying to get past Jamie McDonald, and McDonald had a pretty good game, but there wasn't much you could do about Bowman's goal, and then I think it was Bowman as well, it was taken out for the. Yeah. as well, which is an interesting one because it looked like the chance had gone when he got taken out and there's many a time a referee will let that one go because the chance is gone but um, no, it was a good decision definite penalty for me and, and Moult yeah, I still think Motherwell were really fortunate to hang on to during the transfer window he tucked away the penalty I think Moult was unlucky as well because um, earlier in the game he did a free kick saved um, he had a really good chance as well that he put wide which he probably should have done better with but that uh, was uh, Moulton and Scorsese eventually. A good one for Motherwell. They, they, they the made a threat to top six. Yeah, that's it. Again, come on, one of those teams down the bottom. Single point they've got. Broadfoot's been benched already, I notice. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a footballer? Oh, he's much of a muchness. I think maybe the only positive for Kamarnock is the, the younger players and the, the game time they're getting, but... They certainly need the experienced players to do a lot better than what they're doing just now. But it could be a long season for them. Yes, they've got experience. I mean, I mentioned Greer hitting the bar earlier. How old is he these days? There's your experience. They've got Chris Boyd went up front. That's pretty good experience as well. They yeah, have. It's better like Motherwell. Not long ago when Motherwell were struggling and you're looking at the experience they had with like Sir Larsley and Hamill and Pearson and uh, McDonald and it wasn't helping. Yeah. So... A similar thing here. Maybe the answer isn't experience after all. It's, it's, it's getting the right players right. It's, uh, that, that, the, the weird thing is, Kamarlick seem to be almost getting things right anytime I've seen them. It's not. It's just not quite clicking for them yet. I suppose they're fortunate as well the fact that Dundee and Partick are struggling as well just now. Ross County are only doing slightly better. So yeah, I think the, the problem Kamarlick have probably got is. If Dundee start taking their chances, 
then they'll probably do better. And part of Thistle, you get the feeling they've had a bad start because they've had a tough start. So you can kind of see where those two are going to get going. Come on, look. They're going to struggle, I think, because, I mean, the next game's Aberdeen away, which you would fancy Aberdeen will win. Um, yeah. They're not, you can't really pinpoint the bit that come on that can change it, can make their team better, but you can with Partick Thistle and Dundee. Yeah, well, Kamarnik yeah. will get the D in a couple of weeks. So that's a big game for That's him. a massive game. That's um, already looking big. But the problem with Kamarnik as well is obviously there was a talk about how fans would turn once Johnson had went. But it's not, they've not really seen that. And see if the team continues to struggle. Yeah. Then you really kind of worry about where what will happen with them. Because yeah, if they were to go down, I think there'd be there'd be serious problems there. I, I think they, they, they might not be financially viable if they go down. I think that's the, the big fear for them. They already look like they're struggling to be financially viable, but they probably live in the fact that Celtic Rangers fans turn up uh, and fill their stadiums for them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if anybody else turns up and fills two ends that way. The, the way they do, but I know Aberdeen certainly take a big crowd in there as well these days. So. Yeah, we've taken decent support there before. I'd imagine Hearts probably take a decent support there as well. Yeah, and Hibs maybe might take a decent support, but. Their home supports uh, sad or lacking. It's non existent. I mean, when I've seen Celtic down there a couple of weeks ago, it was the case of Celtic. The two ends that Celtic were in were full, which was great for us. But you looked at the other two stand, the main stand had what, Celtic fans in a bit of it, and then it was just sparse the rest of it. And what was the other stand even open for? You could just put all the Commander fans in one stand and there's still the space. I've thought that often. I've thought that often enough, yeah. Like, they should do that. But I suppose maybe people have got a preference in terms of where they want to sit. Yeah, I mean, can we give them a stance? Um, don't know. Yeah, I think I think you are right though that you know the fact that Partick and Dundee, which is about unusual, three teams sitting on one point, is probably hiding the fact that Kilmarnock are are the real strugglers out of the three of them. Yeah, we're certainly positive for Partick Thistle, which we can move on to. They picked up obviously the first point in the weekend, but you've, you've got a few players in there that you can see scoring them goals. Uh, whereas at Kilmarnock, there's not really that. So. Yeah, I thought Spittle looked pretty good. Took his goal well. A good, good quick thinking for the throw in as well, actually. Uh, yeah, no, no. It was an odd game. It was odd games where Thistle probably took the lead against the run of play because I thought. But the highlights anyway, Ross County were the better of the two teams, they just couldn't get the ball in it. A bit like the, the Hibs Johnson game, actually. Um, so, yeah, I mean, part of this, I took their chances well, but, but there weren't really that many of them. Um, and then it was just a bit of over anxious lunging to try and get the ball, which meant Schalk went down. Another correct decision from the referee gave the penalty. And then Schalk got up and scored it himself. Uh, and I think that for, for all Ross County had a lot of the ball the, the only actual save I remember part of this one having to make the highlights was the the Draper header at the end everything else seemed a little too easy yeah then I noticed as well about part of this one they seem to be quite short in numbers they could only name six people on the bench I never noticed that Which is quite worrying so early in the season, seeing as they can't really rectify that. You would think they must have kind of young players they could put on the bench, but I don't know. Yeah, I've seen it before, whereby certain teams have done that. They've put, only put sits. I think Warburton did it someday, didn't they? Yeah, Warburton yeah, does it. You need to earn your place. Yeah. Uh, on the other side, though, they're talking about youngsters. The boy Keelan Dunn looks pretty decent. Completely assisted by Ross mm-hmm. County. 
looked pretty lively. No, again, but they're, they're the, the reigning development league champions, so yeah, they are. Imagine so that's the next step for them is to try and get yeah. them into the first team. Uh, I think he was, I'd read earlier he was in the books at Sunderland before um, before he went to Ross County so not sure I can recall many kind of young folk coming through at Ross County since they've been in the top league No, I tend to remember Ross County either bringing folk in or picking up former Celtic Youth Academy players <laughs> uh, There was a boy Dingwall no, it was him but I don't know whether yeah. he's still there he, He's just noticeable because he's named after the town he lives in Dingwall playing in Dingwall Yeah He's all that I can think of. Yeah, I can't really think of any others. They normally bring in sort of seasoned pros, don't they? Like like how they've brought in Draper and uh, yeah. Ken- Dardine. Mackay as well. Yeah. So. Uh, Scott Fox got dropped. Probably rightly so, given the horror show we had against Angels. Uh, and on the other side, I noticed uh, Cherry went off injured. I don't know if that's long term or what a, what a type of injury it was. They never kind of really spoke about it in sports team. No, they mentioned that he was substituted, but they didn't actually mention why, you know. Hmm. That was in the first half as well. Yeah. Well, that's uh, the, the Premiership. Just, I'm looking down the leagues. Um, St Martin, obviously, not only did they win, win the charity bet for us, but uh, they're also top of the Championship. 4-2-1 over Inverness, thanks, uh, coupled with, uh, <laughs> of all people, Morton winning to knock Dunfermline off the top three, too. Yeah, um, yeah, I, uh, were ahead as well, weren't they? I think they were, yeah. Uh, the real big surprise in this week is Brighton City drawing one each with Falkirk. Falkirk have had a horrendous start to that season. They were one of the teams yeah. that was tip to be up there again, challenging for the, the promotion spot. I, mean, I think I, I did. I did that. I'm pretty sure I did as well. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, think we, I think most of us are St Mirren, Dunfermline, Dundee United and Falkirk Aye, that's about right um, the, the other thing and was not about the, the championship was the, the Dundee United players getting booed off the park at the end they were they, they, they covered a 1-0 deficit to finish one each but it wasn't enough to stop them getting criticised so yeah, I seen Dumbarton get a bit of praise as well for the way they are playing, playing football they've actually even they've got three points from five games but uh, yeah, it doesn't it sound it? great, but if they're playing nice football, then you might fancy their chances against the other teams in the league. Um, I think the other noteworthy result um, in the lower leagues is the, the other one that was in the charity about the Raith Rovers win over Avian United. They're already starting to eke out a bit of a, a gap at the top of that division. So they are, yeah. I think most of us tip Raith Rovers to come up straight up for that one. Yeah, I think Raith are odds on to come straight back up, aren't they? Yeah, that's where I'm thinking I might look for my first goal score prediction. Uh-huh. That's exactly what I was thinking as well. That might just be with the same player. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's the man. Oh, well, that's that picked then. From what I can see, he seems to be a midfielder. And yet he's scoring 10 games a season. That must be almost every game they've played. That's not bad, eh? So, pretty decent. Uh, uh, just before we move on to the charity bit, which is I'm assuming we're heading, um, Sterling Albion were the other team that had the 100% record, uh, and it went as well on Saturday because they lost 3 2. A couple of the fact that Edinburgh City got their first one in the season against Berwick. So. Yeah. Uh, Go back to talk about it here. Obviously, a player we could have picked a couple of things for first goals for a Craig Moore. 
I believe he's injured just now because uh, Arab signed Lawrence Shankland, who was a free agent. Oh. Previously with Aberdeen. Yeah. And now loan spells it. Didn't firm St Mirren, so maybe a last chance for him in terms of full, full, full-time football. Scored. He scored us on Saturday, so... Uh, but I may as well move on to productions I suppose before we do the charity bit yep. even though we've probably picked one of them anyway <laughs> uh, so we've got Friday Night Football again another Glasgow Derby uh, Partick Thistle against Rangers the first of two in Kilnas we've seen those two because um, they're obviously playing the Betfred Head Cup Partick Thistle are 19-4 both for all Cross 31-10 and Rangers are 1-2 uh, Chris uh, well, I think Rangers won 2-1 the last twice you were at Firhill. I might take that as a third result. 2-1 Rangers. 2-1 yeah. Rangers are going. Uh, Hamish? I've got 2-1 Rangers as well. I think Rangers did look good the other night. Not so comfy away from Ibrox. I think no Rangers and Park Thistle desperately need to keep things tight, but I think Rangers will be too much for them. So 2-1 away win. Yeah, I'll actually go the same. I think Rangers are baking. That's just too good for them. Uh, moving on to Saturday, there are five fixtures. So we've got Dundee against St. Johnson. Uh, uh, oh, odds first of all, Dundee are 19 to 10, draw is 12 to 5, and St. Johnson are 13 to 10. Uh, so, Hamish, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go for an away win again, 2 1. I think Tommy Wright seemed a little bit angry that he didn't get the win at the weekend and it was a poor performance I'm sure he's done a bit of shouting at his players and they'll come back with a win uh, Chris Yeah I think I started this season tipping Dundee just for a laugh um, but no I don't need to stop doing that because I don't see St Johnson dropping more points they've dropped points in the last two games so I think they'll be back to winning ways in this one and I'll go 2-0 St Johnson 2-0 St Johnson uh, I'll go for 1-0 to St. Johnson. Uh, so that could be a possible one for the charity bet. Uh, let's stop. We've got Hamilton against Hearts. Hamilton at 9-4. The draw is 12-5 and Hearts are 11-10. Uh, Chris? Uh, this would be an interesting one, actually. Hamilton, until they played Celtic, were on a decent run. Um, and Hearts are looking to continue the momentum built up against Aberdeen so it's not an easy place to go Hamilton most of the time but I think I'll take parts to win this I think I'll take them at 2-1 Do you want uh, Hamish? Uh, I'm all G'd up after Levine's come back we've managed to bag a draw against the team at the top of the league I'll go 2-0 to Hearts and we keep another clean sheet 2-0 to Hearts hey, I'm going to go for 1-0 so, just, just worth pointing out the team that were top of the league <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's a cool difference now, is it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's stop. You got Hibs against Motherwell. Hibs quite short at eight to thirteen. The draw is twenty nine to ten. And Motherwell, considering their recent form, pretty good odds four to one. That's a massive number of odds for Motherwell to win this game. Uh, I understand where it's coming from because they're away from home, but. Hibs have been a bit shaky this just the last couple of games, so Yeah. I mean uh, what you think? I, I don't fancy Motherwell to win, but I think this could be maybe a 
Nice two all draw. A Desmond. Aye, a Desmond. Uh, Habish. Unbelievably, I've got two two written down on my sheet here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but I do, you know, I, I can see that Motherwell team scoring goals. It wouldn't surprise me if they got a result. Uh, but Hibs do have a good home support, so yeah, I'll go two two. Two two. Uh, I'm going to break from that and go for a, a home win. Hibs two one. Got to say though, the four to one in Motherwell, that's that's a good price. If you're looking for a gamble this weekend, that's the one to take. You would think even Motherwell. Aye, yeah. Uh, Next up, Aberdeen against Kilmarnock. Aberdeen two to seven. The draw is twenty-one to five, and Kilmarnock are eight to one. Hamish, I'm going to take your guys to win this really quite comfortably. 3-1 3-1 also. Almost what I was thinking. I was thinking 3-0. Yeah, I'm side with you, Chris. I'm thinking 3-0 as well. Uh, that one. And last up, Celtic against Ross County. Celtic are 1-8. The draw is 7-1. And Ross County are 16-1. Uh, I'll let you go first, Amish, again. Um, you just can't see Celtic not losing the game. I think... Celtic will roll out quite a few youngsters in this game though uh, but still comfortable 3-0 win Celtic 54 domestic games unbeaten so we are going for 55 <laughs> and I would fancy Celtic to do that. So I think it'll be tough coming after Tuesday night but yeah I fancy Celtic to win I'll say 3-1 3-1 uh, I'm going to go with Hamish this time, I think, 3 now as well, Celtic. Uh, so, in terms of things sticking out there, St. Johnson, definitely. Yeah, St. Johnson's a good bet, I think. Rangers, but I don't know whether the odds are a bit short at 1-2. That's a bit too short. Um, so we've got St. Johnson at 13-10. Uh, anything lower league-wise that you've kind of seen, Hamish? I quite fancy Clyde to beat Edinburgh Thistle. I know Edinburgh Thistle got their win at the weekend, but Still think they're shite. Who in Edinburgh Thistle? <laughs> Edinburgh City. Edinburgh City. Edinburgh, sorry, Edinburgh, Edinburgh City. Sorry. I'm going uh, back to old school days. Clyde are 1 uh, 1. The, the other one yeah, that sticks out for me is St. Murn at 15 8 away to Dunfermline. Now, I know Dunfermline have started well, but St. Murn have started better. Again, it's one of those ones I think if you're looking at a good bet, then St. Murn might be good for mother, uh, combined with Mother. Decent yeah. money or that. Not for the charity. Air at home to Arlow or 20 23. Yeah, I think that's a, a good shoot. The other one that I thought was that our first goal scorer and Wraith Rovers, Wraith Rovers away to Queen's Park, 3 to 5, maybe not the best odds. So. I think when we book it, they're a wee bit shorter. Yeah, um, 8 to 15. Yeah. Maybe not include that one because if we go for uh, Lewis Vaughan as the first goal scorer, we don't want you know to do the whole bit in one game. So what do we think then? Maybe St Johnston, Clyde, St Johnston, Aaron Clyde sounds yeah pretty reasonable to me. Seventy set Yeah, uh, that would return eighty-six quid for Taylor. Eighty-six quid, aye. Which would be rather nice. I, I would go with that. It sounds pretty good to me. 
and we're happy enough to go with, with this one first goal scorer. Yeah, definitely. Uh, odds will follow for him later on in the week. Uh, so, anything else before we finish off? Um, the only thing I would say is that um, it's, it's, it's interesting that Celtic are playing a, a Parisian team um, 10 years to the day since uh, another famous victory for Scotland in Paris. About, uh, with James McFadden pinging that one in for, was it about 90 yards now? These are the things that last <laughs> longer every time when you talk about them. Um, yeah, that's one of those one of those great Scottish Tartan Army moments if you were in Paris that day. I think I was in Disneyland that day. <laughs> <laughs> I got checked for phone coming out of a ride or something I went oh we've won one nil I was expecting that um, but yeah there's a there's a blog on the Scottish Football Forum's website John did it and he's been in holiday yeah, he, apparently he shamelessly asked us to plug it in he did. so there you go <laughs> see, see, see I've, I've made up for the sweating and for getting a dog thing earlier so yeah aye 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 um, the other thing I wanted to mention though it's not going to give a lot a lot of, uh, give people a lot of time to do it depending on when they're listening to the podcast, McBookie, who obviously provides us with our charity bets, uh, for new customers, are if you bet £5 on the Celtic PSG game at evens or bigger, they're given £30 worth of free bets for new customers. Pretty decent. I'm just out of my own curiosity, Motherwell and St Martin double, if you stuck a tenner on that, is 143.75. There you go, that's where your money's going to be, can't maybe. I'm starting a couple of quid on it because I'm a cheapskate. <laughs> so, aye, that's what probably concludes the podcast. Good to have you back, Hamish. Yep, enjoyed it, lads. Hopefully you'll be on again soon. Yep. Uh, and aye, nice speaking to you again, Chris, as always. Ah, uh, I'm getting to be another present these days. Oh. We'll get like a, uh, I don't know, You'll not be far off a testimonial. Three years for your testimonial. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's quite worrying. Our seventh season to us. I think I came in somewhere at season one. I've outlasted, yeah, I've outlasted director of podcasting. I've outlasted Mr. Hart's TV himself. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Uh, you, have a, you had a break. You had, had a short break. I, did, I had a sabbatical. Uh, Maternity leave or something. Returns. Other podcasts couldn't entice you. Uh, so you came back other pod- high pay other podcasts didn't want me because what's the business but, uh, <laughs> but the, the thing though since the podcast has started sell to go one league every season yep so that's uh, so one way that continue uh, so, that's why you're back <laughs> so I'll keep this going to a better end <laughs> so aye right cheers guys right, cheers bye <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.